This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 16th of January. In your squiz today, new support for Ukraine, Iran condemned over its latest execution, threats made against our pollies on the rise, and the Aussie Open's first bounce. This is your squiz today. Russia's launched a fresh wave of missile attacks across Ukraine over the weekend. Explosions were reported in the major cities of Kiev, Kharkiv, Lviv and Odessa on Saturday, and at least 12 civilians died and 73 were injured when a nine-storey apartment building was hit, Claire. Yeah, that attack was on an apartment building in the eastern city of Dniprow. Uh, It left rescue teams working to extract survivors from the rubble uh, in the darkness of the very cold weather overnight. Local officials say that many of those buried sent text messages asking for help and Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has vowed uh, in an address to fight for every person and every life. Uh, That city of Dniprow was just one that was targeted this weekend, as you say, Alice, and reports say that what happened across Ukraine are the worst strikes in months. Yeah, that's prompted Zelensky to ask Western allies to supply Ukraine with heavier weapons. He said that would help prevent Russian attacks on civilians in future. Western nations like Australia have already provided a lot of help since the start of the war, but so far they've resisted sending heavy weaponry. Yeah, and Western nations, of course, have been uh, a bit resistant because they're walking a very fine line when it comes to aggravating Russia. Uh, But there are signs that that approach might be changing. Yesterday, UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak promised to send what's called the Challenger 2 battle tanks. Uh, There are British military claims that they've never experienced a loss at the hands of the enemy when they've used those tanks. Uh, And also they're looking at sending more artillery systems to Ukraine. Uh, Experts say that that would be a really big advance for Ukraine's defence. And the idea is that there could be even more heavy weapons coming from other nations. Yeah, predictably, Russia isn't too happy with this announcement, though. The Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Maria Zakharova said that weapons supplies are legitimate targets for Russian strikes. And meanwhile, Russian forces say they've taken control of the small eastern Ukrainian town of Solodar, which we mentioned last week. But that's been disputed by Ukrainian authorities. They've called Russia's claims information noise. Claire, the Iranian regime has been criticised by the United Kingdom after it was confirmed that a dual British-Iranian citizen named Alariza Akbari had been executed. So he's a former consultant for the Iranian government on nuclear talks with the West, so he's not a nobody. Mm. Uh, he was also Iran's former deputy finance minister, uh, but in 2019 he was arrested and convicted of spying for the United Kingdom. Uh, it is 
isn't related to those protests of the last few months and those executions of demonstrators that we've mentioned a few times. Uh, In fact, last weekend there were two protesters who were executed and that has led to calls internationally for the regime to just stop. And in response to Akbari's execution specifically, the UK has imposed sanctions on Iran's prosecutor general. It says it will hold the regime to account for its appalling human rights violations. New figures from the Australian Federal Police show a spike in nasty online threats, vile letters and verbal assaults targeted at our federal politicians and the Governor-General in 2022. Our police have always been in the firing line for sledging, but the AFP says the nature of the threats are serious and the number made against them has tripled in the last three years. Yeah, in total, the AFP recorded 548 reports of harassment, nuisance and other threats against our MPs and senators and the GG. Uh, And in response, the AFP is dedicating more resources to protecting them. That surge, they say, is down to an increase in the far-right extremism and also conspiracy movements that were supercharged by the pandemic. We've talked a bit in the recent past about our security agencies warning about that threat uh, posed by people who inhabit those very dark corners. And it was also an election year last year, so they AFP says some of that increase was down to that campaign. And as you say, Claire, the federal police are doing more, but experts say it's challenging. One expert said the trick is to pick through the noise to identify the small number of people who might follow through on their threats. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. One of the questions we get all the time here at The Squiz is how do we manage to get enough sleep? What with the early mornings? And depending on the news of the day, the late finishes. And a new study has undermined our arrangement to catch up on sleep on the weekends, (laughs) which is bad news for me, Claire. (laughs) And look, bad news for anyone who's a busy person and they don't get enough sleep through the week. And just like that, you know, you think you can actually catch up on the weekend, but apparently that won't do the trick. Uh, It's called sleep debt and to get over it just for one hour that you miss uh, you need four consistent nights of good sleep to fully recover. Uh, So they say think very deeply about whether you should stay up late and miss that sleep. If that all seems a bit too much other experts say don't stress though just try to sleep at the same time each night and make an effort to get as much as you need each night. So that simplifies things a little bit. (laughs) Just sleep. It's good. And getting more sleep is a worthy goal, but it's hard when Melbourne plays host to the best tennis players in the world. Claire, the Australian Open starts this morning for a fortnight of hard-fought competition. But so far, a lot of the attention has been on who isn't playing. Yeah, that's right. So in the last 12 months, of course, there's been a bit of a turning of the page uh, on the game stars. We've got Roger Federer and Serena Williams and Ash Barty all retiring. Uh, And when it comes to injuries for this tournament, the men's world number one, Carlos Alcaraz, is out. Uh, Also, Aussie Isla Tomlanovic, she also said that she's got an injury that she can't overcome. Uh, Another big name, Naomi Osaka, 
uh, last week she said that she's taking some time out as she prepares to become a mum. Uh, so as we get to the starting line this morning, it's Eager Sviatek uh, and Rafael Nadal, who were the top seeds in the men's and the women's singles. And another big name in the tournament, of course, is Novak Djokovic. He says he's turned his deportation last year to his advantage by using the time to recover and train, which reminds me of the age-old saying that success is the best form of revenge. (laughs) Squeeze the day, Claire. I reckon you've got your eye on a couple of tennis games. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. It's (laughs) going to be a big fortnight and it's going to be on all day and into the night for the next couple of weeks. But tonight it is Sviatek, also Stefanos Tsitsipas and Daniel Medvedev. Uh, They're games that I'll be trying to watch. Brilliant. And if you want a change of pace altogether, the Critics' Choice Awards are on this morning in LA. So you might like to put some time aside for some red carpet gallery viewing. And that's it from us today. Thank you for listening. If you like what we do, make sure you tell your people about us and leave us a review in your podcasting app. It really helps us to grow and we're grateful for every recommendation. Have a great Monday and we'll be back with you again tomorrow. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price, people equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, you don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.